Amen. Hey, that's right. Once again, we are back in our study, the book of James, how to spot a phony Christian the last 36 times. What? 36 times? That's right. 36 times. Uh, We've been in that scene. That's right. Read how to spot a phony Christian. Good thing. That's a foreign concept. We never see that. Are you kidding me? What's the Bible say? False teachers, false prophets, false apostles, and false brothers. What's that? Fakers. Right after the birth of the church, Acts chapter 2, Satan comes in with a bunch of fakers to try to take over the church, to destroy the church, and things of that nature. But here's the good news. Here comes James right out of the gates and says, Aha! I'm going to show you how to spot those fakers for your own good. So you, one, you witness to them. Number two, you don't let them behind the pulpit. Hello. You don't let them teach a class, right? Uh, and, and, and things of that nature, okay? You need to witness them. They need to get saved, okay? So he protects us. But the problem is what? The church isn't doing that today, let alone teaching the word of God. Okay, so now the fakers have taken over the church. And I'm convinced this is why we're in the apostasy and why we're basically doing that full circle, as we saw with home church at getalifemedia.net, is we're back to where we started. Because most, quote, churches today are being run now by fakers. That's why it's so messed up. But not here at Sunrise Bible Church. What do we do? Praise God, all four of you. The rest of you, I'm glad you're here. That's right. We study the Bible. So let's do that. Open your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 25, as we stand and read God's holy word, okay? And again, we begin our journey into now the third acid test. He gives us, how do you know that you got a faker in your midst so you can witness to him, hello, uh, and know what you're dealing with spiritually, okay? And he's going to tell us that this, again, 19 through 25, whoa! Again, don't get too excited. We're going to be in 19 for quite a while. But I need to get you to feel the overall context of this acid test, okay? But let's take a look. Verse 19, my dear brothers, what? Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Well, how come? Keep reading. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of how much? All moral filth and the what? Evil that is so prevalent. Boy, ain't that true. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Here it is, the theme. Do not merely listen to the word. If that's all you do, what do you do? And so deceive yourself. Here's the point. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, you're like a man who looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he's going to be what? Blessed in what he does. Of course he is, because name one command from God, that's bad for us. Okay, you may be seated if you can. Again, James is a book of acid tests counteracting the enemy's influx with fakers into the church. It's the first chronological book written in the Bible. It doesn't appear that way, but it is. And immediately he gives us acid test to counteract that. And we saw the first 12 verses. The first acid test was watch what these people who profess to be Christians, watch what they do with trials. Why? Because uh, how many times have you seen this? Unfortunately, people say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And they go through some hard time. They say, that's it. I become an atheist. They walk away from Christ. What's the Bible say? Oh, you lost your salvation. No, you can't. The reason why you went out from us is because you didn't belong to us. John 1, okay, 1 John 2, 18 and 19, okay, talks about that. Okay, James talks about that as well, okay, because God keeps his own. So that was the first 12 verses. Then 13 through 18, we saw the second one was, okay, they profess to be Christians. They're coming to church services with us, but watch what they do when it comes to temptations, i.e. their attitude towards sin, Right? That was verses 13 through 18. And we saw that, you know, if they say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but they say they have no sin. They keep blaming others for the sin. They even blame God for their sin. God made me this way. Excuse me? That's what non-Christians do. Why? Because it's an acid test. When you're a true born-again Christian, immediately you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. And when you sin, Christian, what happens? Ah, who cares? No. He what? 
If he's inside you, the Holy Spirit, he gets you, he convicts you and gets you to confess your sin. You don't forever blame others and you certainly don't blame it on God. Okay, that's what non-Christians do. That's why it was an acid test. So now, last time we began the journey, verse uh, 19 forward is the third acid test. And watch what these people, they say that the Christians are right here. They may even have one of these. Help make sure a Christian, especially that big one, right? That weighs 60 pounds. It's like five feet across and you put it on the coffee table. So when people come over and go, oh, look at how spiritual you are. You know, that family Bible. Yeah, whatever. Some people play that game. But no, 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 it's not owning the Bible. It's your response to the word. How somebody responds to the word of God is a big, big indicator of their spiritual condition. Now, I didn't say it. James did. Let's start tearing apart verse 19. This next acid test. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The Greek literally says this. You know. Oh, wait till we get to this. You know, my brethren. Beloved ones, and the aforementioned facts. In other words, he's drawn us back to verse 18, right? Now, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow with respect to anger. Again, the context here is God's word, your attitude towards it, the theme of the verse here. The acid test is in verse 22. As we saw last week, it's this. Here's the acid test. Don't merely what? Listen to the word, and that's all you do. You deceive yourselves. There's that word again, deceit, right? The point is, you're a Christian. What do you do? You do what it says. We're not saved by our works, but by and large, you want to follow God because you love him, right? Okay, and that's what James is basically exposing here now, this category. He's saying basically, if you go to a church service, uh, you know, you can fool man, but you can't fool God. But you go to a church service and you just come in here with your heart. You're just punching in your religious time clock, okay? And you hear the word of God. You go through the motions, whatever. You just can't wait to get out of here. You never do what he says. That's not a good sign. If your attitude is only coming here to do the absolute bare minimum just to keep up appearances with men, I'm going to get a jacket like Pastor Billy. I'm going to walk in with the Bible and everybody will think, I'm a Christian. If that's you. Now, you don't say that because people catch on. People go to church services for all kinds of reasons. I'm lonely. I like potlucks. I'm only here for my kids so they don't end up in jail. But not for me. I'm not that bad. But there they are in your midst. But if that's your attitude... James is going to call this out. He's going to say, it might be a sign you're a faker. You've only got two options. You're either a Christian who is backslidden. And no wonder things are messed up. Because you're not in the word. Or maybe the reason why you could give a rip. And you're just going through the motions. Is because you never got saved. You're a faker. And you need to respond to the word and get saved. And that's why James, the first part of verse 19 we saw last week, he is very blunt about this because this is serious. John 1, 19, 8. My dear brothers, what's the word there? Take note of this. In other words, he's screaming out from the Greek. Hey, this is serious. Hey, pay attention. This isn't just, well, I'll deal with this later. Yeah, maybe you got me, but whatever. No, this is serious. Why? Because the context is what? The last thing you want to get wrong is whether or not you're really saved. And according to Jesus, we saw last week, Matthew 7, many take that wide road that leads to destruction. Only a few take the narrow road, Jesus, that leads to life. Many will say to me on that day, they're in, there I say, the church, because what do they appeal to? Christian works. Lord, Lord, did we prophesy in your name? This is not people out in the world. These are people professing to belong to Christ. Did we prophesy in your name and drive out demons? And I mean, come on. It was, it was amazing. We did miracles? Come on. They appeal to their own works, not Christ. But where are they? 
here? Jesus said the many. Okay? And here's the reality. We saw last week. The many, including people who go to church services, but they rejected the word of God. They literally are leaving this planet here, going. They're taking their last breath. Oh, my next breath is going to be in heaven. Bang! No. Your next breath was in hell. And as you saw last week, then their future is this. For a brief moment in time, at the end of time, they're raised up at the great white throne judgment, and then they're thrown into the lake of fire. Many. That's what's happening to many. And the context is people, dare I say, who are in the church. And we saw two reasons why. is because, number one, they don't think they need the forgiveness of Christ. They've rejected God's word. How they respond to the word. They're trusting in their own works. You know, cast out demons and did this and prophesied and all this. You're not trusting the work of Christ. If you're trusting your works, you're going to hell. You've rejected the word. Right? The other one is the other end of the spectrum. People say, oh, I, I, you know, God can never forgive me. Excuse me? False humility? Excuse me? Now you're attacking the atonement of Christ, saying that the blood of Christ is insufficient. That's a rejection. And these people are in a heap of trouble. Even though they may attend services every week. I mean, apparently so much so that they got involved in ministry. Prophesy, demons, deliverance, miracles. You think my jackets are cool? Oh, they had really cool jackets. <laughs> but they never trusted Christ. Their response to the word means they're headed to the pit. They're headed to hell, not heaven. Wow. Take note of this. That's what he's saying in just the first part of 19. Okay? Now, James now begins, if you keep reading, which I highly recommend... You get into even the second part of the verse, and he starts to break down. All right, that's the faker. They reject God's word. Okay, how does the real Christian respond to word? What's, what's the typical response? Okay, well, he begins to tell us, right? Three different ways. The first one is you're a good listener of God's word. You're a really good listener of God's word. It isn't going in one ear out the other. No, 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 no. And it's really more than listening, as we'll see in the context. But here's what he's talking about here now in 19b. Okay, he says this. Everyone, the context is what? If you're a born-again Christian, should be what? If you're a Christian, you should be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Well, that disqualifies Pastor Billy because he doesn't speak slow. <laughs> Trust me, when we get to that context later, it's much more than that. Okay, it's Even the listening part is much more than just hearing. Okay, and let's begin to break that down. James says, uh, if you're a true Christian, uh, you're not going to reject God's word. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to listen. And he didn't just say listen. He said quick to listen. In fact, it's cool. It's this Greek word, takus. Let's say that, takus, right? right? And that's one of those animals that you shoot with a bow and arrow in Africa. Ah, I got me one. No, it's not what it is. I know what it sounds like, like that, but it's not. Takus means this. I love this. It means you are quick. Whoa, what's the context? God's word. You're quick to it. You're swift. You're speedy, you're fast about it, right? This is no casual listener. This is an eager beaver listener. As one guy says, and again, as James would say last time, you know this, you know this, right? He says, it is the desire of a believer to walk in the law of God. It's common sense, right? 
Again, I go back to my testimony. When I first got saved, nobody gave me a sermon. They didn't say, hey, you need to pay attention to James 119b. No. Ain't, I didn't read a track, nothing. All I know is I cried out to Jesus Christ, asking him to forgive my sins. Bang! And dwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. I was demon-possessed. The demons left. The next thing was, I got to get the Bible. Where'd that come from? That's the Spirit of God. He inspired the Bible. The Bible's for our good. Right? And so he gets us to turn away from sin and turn to the Word. It's a normal thing. And that's what he says here. Listen, it's a desire of a believer to walk in the law of God. You want to, because he's putting it in you. That's a sign he's in you. But conversely, it's the desire of the unbeliever to avoid the law of God. And boy, do we know that's true. You ever preach the word of God to somebody that's not saved? And they're every single time, 100% of the time, it's always like, man, thank you for that. That's amazing. Give me more. Give me more. Give me Are you kidding me? Get away, you wacko. You're crazy. What are you, what are you one of those religious people? Get away. Oh, you're not one of those, are you? And they avoid it. And as James would say, you know this. You know this. The idea with Takus here is someone who's a born-again Christian, truly so, you're going to be, it's natural, an eager beaver listener. And it's not just listening. The idea with Takus is you're eager to take advantage, listen, of every opportunity to come hear the word of God. Right? It's not just a listening issue. It's your attitude towards it. Okay? The idea is a true born-again Christian is going to be eager, listen, to pursue every privileged opportunity to get more of the Word of God, to get more into the Bible. It's a, you're a Christian, you just can't get enough of God's Word. It's natural. It's like when you first got saved, remember? And if that ain't there no more, something's wrong. If you're saved, it's because you're backslidden. And God's going to spank you back on track. Don't Ignore his voice, so to speak. His spirit prompting you. But week after week, you could just give a rip. You're just going through the motions. How far could you push it? And you're doing what James says. You're a faker. Takus literally means this in the vernacular. Again, it's not just the hearing. It's your attitude towards the word. Are you yet swift to the hearing? But basically, let's break it down. Are you swift to get to that sermon? Whoa! Are you swift to the exposition of Scripture? Are you swift to get whatever resources you need and get in there and all these opportunities to learn the Word of God? The announcement comes forward. Hey, it's time to get in the Word. This is you. Okay. Woo-hoo-hoo. Tacos is all over me, baby. I'm dropping anything and everything because nothing's more responsible. That's Tacos. You get it? I'll say it again. You know, like when you first got saved. That's a cool picture. <laughs> and the reason why is because I don't need to preach this to you. James is saying, you know this. You know this. And you get all that from two words. It's amazing. <laughs> Back in verse 19, he says, you know, okay, my brethren, beloved ones. Okay, the aforementioned truth. And basically what he's doing is he's drawing you back to verse 18 in the context. You know this. Right? And what's he saying in verse 18? Well, let's, re- let's revisit. He's drawing us back, so let's go back. He says, he, God, chose to give us birth, i.e. save us through the word. Right? He saved us through the word of the truth that we might be a kind of first fruits he created. In other words, he's saying, listen, Christian, you know this. You know the power of God's word. You know the need of God's word. You know the influence and the necessity and the value of God's word. Hello, you know this. That's how you got saved. 
and you experience the value of it by being born again and set free. And so we all know that once you get saved, and put that baby on the shelf or go buy that 60-pound baby, put it on the coffee table so when people come over, <laughs> must be a Christian. Like one guy said this. He said, did you know even atheists own Bibles? But he said this, if all the people in America were to blow the dust off their Bibles at one time, we'd have the biggest dust storm in history. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not just atheists. And this is what James is calling out. You know this. You got saved by the word, man. You know the power of it. You know the need of it. You know this. One guy puts it this way. How you listen, how you react, how you desire God's word, how you obey God's word. Remember, don't just listen, but do. Reveals the nature of your faith. It gives away your spiritual condition. Why? Because God's word is the originator of our new birth. God's word is the agent of that transformation. That's what verse 18 was saying. That's how we became a new creation in Christ. And that word of truth is not only there at the beginning of our spiritual journey. Listen, it becomes the focal point of the rest of our journey. It's the power of our new life. It's the power of the new birth. It continues to be the power of our new life, leading us to be more Christ-like in maturity. It tells us everything we need for life and godliness. It tells us about the past. It tells us about the present. Everything we need is in the word. That's why Peter says it's normal. It should be if you're truly born again. That's why Peter says that when you get saved, you're not just a babe in Christ. What's he say? As babes in Christ. What do babies do? You desire the pure milk of what? The milk of God's word. That's what babies do. Right? It is the power of God that saves us. It's the power of God and his word that brings about progressive spiritual growth, i.e. matures us. So having been born again by the word of God, we become its pupils. And so it's natural. Just like a baby craving milk. Our heart's desire is to listen to it. To eat it up. To learn from it. To respond to it. Okay? Again, it's it's it's. Common sense, you don't have to teach a baby to like milk. You don't have to convince a baby, oh, I really wish you would like this. Now, listen, I'm not a prophet nor the son thereof, and I don't speak baby knees. But I was there for the birth of both of our children, and I'm still emotionally scarred by watching that and hearing that. But as soon as our children came out, again, I don't speak baby knees, but they did this. Maybe your kids do too, or maybe it's just mine. They came out, popped them out, whoo, and all of a sudden, right? Now, again, can I translate that for you? That's what they wanted, right? In fact, let's practice that. Kids come out, what do they want to do? They want something. They want milk. And the way that God's designed it, it's almost like he knows what he's doing. He's provided the way to do that. And then they get milk, and they get nourished, and they grow up, and they're satisfied, and they go, mm. In fact, you know, if you got a good eater of the milk, ever seen those babies? They got them big, them cheeks. Yeah, that's a good eater. Can I tell you something? Most Christians today look anemic. Turn to somebody and say, you need to be a chubby Christian. You need to be a chubby Christian, man. Come on, what's wrong with you? Get in the Word. <laughs> yeah, uh, men, keep your mouth shut. It's gonna be a long ride home. All right, 
But this is what he says. A baby naturally likes milk, craves milk. I mean, from the get-go. So something's wrong if you sit there and say, I'm a Christian, I just got saved, and you don't want nothing to do with the milk of the word? Hello, something's wrong. Okay? He said, that's true of a believer transformed by the word of truth. He becomes linked with the word of truth. It's a normal spiritual appetite towards the things of God. And listen, if that appetite is there, that's a good indicator that you're a babe in Christ, that you got saved, you're really truly born again. If it's not there, no matter how much you try to justify it, blame it. It's an indicator of your spiritual condition as well. You might be a faker. In fact, if you think about the importance of God's word, it fits the whole theme of James, right? What was the first acid test? These people profess to be Christians, but watch what they do with trials. Well, as a born-again Christian, when you go to trials, what do you do? I just sit there and cry like a big baby. And I grip my teeth, hope it's going to go away. No, you run, you run to the word, Right? And the word encourages you. Not like, oh, I had goosebumps on top of my goosebumps one time. I had this experience, man, this angel told me. No, you go to the word. You go through hard times, you go to the word. God's going to work all things out together for good. Right? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I, I go to the word. What was the second acid test? Temptation. So what's the normal response of a Christian? When you're tempted, what do you do? Oh, please, no. No, you go to the word. What did Jesus do when he was tempted by the devil himself? Matthew 4. Every single time he said, it is written, he went to the word. And you get the power to overcome. So this, it fits the whole context, the importance of the word. Takus is a normal thing. Just like a baby sucking down milk is natural. I don't need to give you a sermon about this. And that's why James says, you know this. Come on. You are takus. You are eager. Swift, quick, fast. I got to hear the word. What's that? A new series starting next week? (laughs) One guy says this. You show me someone that has no desire at all to be under the teaching of the word of God. I'll show you somebody who doesn't have the mark of being a true Christian. That's what James is saying. True believers run to hear the word of God. They long to hear the word of God. They want to learn the word of God. But there's two opportunities to show this, right? Come hear the word. And the first one is church services. Because we all know the reason why you go to church services is because, you know, there's nothing else to do. Super Bowl doesn't start till next week, I guess. Why? What? They got good potlucks. I'm lonely. I ain't got nothing else to do. No. What's the Bible say? You come to services. Yes, we sing love songs to Jesus. That's what we just did. But then what? I, as the shepherd, I feed you the word. So it goes in one ear out the other. No. So that you grow up. I equip through the word as the shepherd, the saints, so that you get equipped, i.e. mature, and then you go out there and do the ministry of the saints. You, go, you get it. That's why we're here. So that's what we're doing. We Time to go to church services. Can't wait. Yeah. Is that your attitude? You look at the many in the church today. That ain't the attitude. Right? I have dealt with this in every pastor I've ever been. It's like 30 years now. California, New York, now in Vegas. 
Everywhere, man, it's the same thing. I keep getting these letters, okay? Watch this, dear pastor. You often stress attendance at church services as being very important for a Christian, but I think a person has a right to miss now and then, and, you know, be excused for the following reasons, and the numbers is indicated. I mean, I mean, Christmas, Sunday before or after, it's going to happen one of those days. That's at least one. New Year's party, it lasted too long. You know, that's one. Easter, resurrection, you know, you got to get away for the holidays. That's one right there. July, hey, hello, fourth, that's national. It's got to be patriotic. That's one. Labor Day, got to get away. You know, it's been hard laboring. One. Memorial Day, hey, you got to be patriotic. That's at least one right there. School closing, kids need a break. That's one. School open. Hey, one last fling. That's another one. Uh, family reunions. Man, for those of you hooked on math, mm, two, mine and my wife's. Uh, asleep late. It's going to have at least once a quarter. That's four times there. Deaths in the family. Oh, yeah, once a quarter, two. That's four. Anniversary, second honeymoon. Come on, Robin and Mark. Oh, they got you in one. That's going to happen, right? A sickness, one for each family member. At least five. Come on, man. Business. Hey, you got to bring home the bacon. That's at least three. Uh, vacation. Hello, that's at least three. Bad weather, ice, snow, rain, clouds, barometric pressure. It's humid. Ah! Well, okay, that's at least six. I mean, that's you can drive in humidity. I don't know about you. Uh, a ball games, it's going to happen, right? Five times. You can't walk out on the people. You're a Christian. That's at least five times. Hey, time change. Oh, this always gets me at least twice a year. Spring ahead, fall back because I just can't read a clock. And then I have no way to be prepared for that. Whatever. That's at least two. Hey, specials on Super Bowl. It's going to happen at least three times. So, Pastor, that leaves us only two Sundays per year. So you can count on us to be in church services on the fourth Sunday in February and the third Sunday in August, unless providentially hindered. Doesn't that sound spiritual? Sincerely, faithful member. We laugh because what? It's true. Many... Versus the few. I think many of people in the church today are what we saw last week. They're Christers. Showed up on Christmas and Easter. That's good enough. We're not saved by our behavior. We're not saved by our attendance. But something's wrong here. Last time I checked, if you fed a baby twice a year, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, but um, it's dead. (laughs) You would think after the first week, you kind of get a little little hungry. Do you see what he's saying here? It's not legalism. It's common sense. If you're a born again Christian, you got born and saved by the word. You know the value of the power. You know this. And here's an opportunity. Come hear the word. Nah, twice a year. That's all I want to eat. Man, I feel great. As basically saying, you, you know, that, that, meant, that doesn't make sense. That's nuts. Babies don't do that. Christians don't do that. How you handle the word is huge. James says, you better take note of this. Don't be deceived. All right, so then, is that really a foreign concept? Not, not just James. Jesus said the same thing. You know that? He said his sheep know his voice. In fact, they don't just know his voice. They not only follow his voice. Where's his voice? You want to hear the word of God? You want to hear him speak to you? Right here. They run away from a stranger's voice. And they follow him. They don't run in the opposite direction. I didn't say he did. Watch this. John 3, 3, 4, and 5. The sheep listen to his voice. Jesus, of course, talking about him. Right? He calls 
his own sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they what? They know his voice. You know this. But conversely, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will what? Run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Right? So can I be blunt with you? Jesus said, if you know him and he, he calls you, which is a normal thing, come hear the word. Yeah, my sheep know my voice. They follow that. They can't, oh, they see the value. You got saved by that. You know this. But the many is doing that all right. But they're going in the opposite direction. They're heading towards the stranger's voice. Jesus said, no, you'll run away from it. But they run to the stranger's voice and they prefer that over the word of God. Do you see what he's saying? So how do you know? How do you know which direction you're running? Well, I think it's pretty much common sense. One guy says this. How eager are you? And again, how do we hear the word of God? You got two opportunities, if you think about it. One is church services, right? And you hear, hey, well, Sunday's coming. What's that? You even have a midweek service? Wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. You even broke it down so that ladies can go to ladies' Bible study and men can go, whoa! That's the first part. But I'm going to share with you a radical, radical concept. To hear the word of God. This, this is crazy. I don't know if you guys have ever stumbled across this. It's amazing. Did you know? This is cool. Now listen, be careful with this information. But did you, did you know? You could read the Word of God every day. Are you what? What? A, who wrote? What? A, who's the genius that came up with that? Come hear the word takus. Service, yes, but every day is that your heart? I don't have to wait to Sunday. I don't have to wait for Tuesday for ladies' Bible. I don't have to wait for Wednesday. I don't have to wait for Saturday. I can read every day and, dare I say, even more than once. One guy says this, how eager are you? How eager are you to come not only to the Lord's day in, in the morning or evening or during the week to hear the word of God, but not only that, how eager are you to learn the word of God every day? How eager are you to run to the Bible first thing in the morning? So your heart can be opened by God's truth and receive the pure milk of God's word so you can grow up in maturity. How eager are you to be in a quiet place, a private place, and you open up the word of God, just you and him and commune with him. James says, you want to test yourself? Start right here. Because you're going to be run into something. And if it's not the word of God, you deceive yourself. You're in one of two positions. You're the Christian who's backslidden and you wonder why things are so messed up. Or you're a faker. Both are bad. One's eternally bad. My point is, why would you do that? It's not natural. Babies want milk. Every chance they get. And you go, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about the many. And I'm not talking the lost in the world. They don't know better. I'm talking about people who go, and I listen, I'm very careful with my words, people who go to church services. I don't save you, but they go to church services. 
And so how do you know? How do you know if they're being self-deceived? Well, they're quick, all right. They're tattoos all over them. First thing in the morning, you know what they do? They go to the Word of Man, starting with that newspaper. Oh, it's the, don't crack open the Word of God. Apparently, that's too easy. Who wants nutrition first thing in the morning? I want to suck down poison. And I think, well, it's just newspaper. What do you mean it's poison? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just did a random sampling. I'm not joking. Just this week. Okay, what's out there in the newspaper? <laughs> Here's the 10 headlines that popped up just this week. Right? Here it is. Watch this. South Carolina grandmother helped grandson cover up murder. Uh, a woman found lookalike online and killed to her to fake her own death. A 13-year-old accused of murder. Instagram model killed dad, stabbed sister over a laptop. Gunman busted after execution style, slaying a stage actor. A mom accused of killing three children. A 13-year-old charged with murdering a teen. Murdered teen's mom wears shirt showing daughter's dismembered remains to her killer's hearing. Florida delivery man uh, guilty of beating grandma to death, setting her on fire. And that's right, man busted in death of DJ Galpal, found stuff in suitcase. And that's not counting all the other news on rape, incest, robberies, and all the other rotten stuff. Oh, yeah! I feel so strong in Christ! That's so much better! Oh, wow! Tacos straight to that over this? Man, I feel so strong and vibrant. I'm ready to tackle the world. No, you're not. But that's your routine. And then you have the audacity to whine and complain. Why is everything so messed up? I'm shriveling on the vine. I'm not growing spiritually. I ain't got no wisdom, no direction, no power, no encouragement. I ain't got no... I'm sovereignty. You're killing yourself. Because you don't want the word of God. Oh, you're tech who's all right, but you're going straight to the word of man, filling it with filth. I'm not saying you can't ever read the newspaper. I try to be informed as much as I can on the world, but not at the expense of God's word. Ever. That is the first thing. I said this phrase, I'll say it again. He who runs from God in the first part of the day scarcely finds him the rest. Put that in your newspaper and read it. The second thing is, oh, you're, you're quick, all right. You're tacos, man. It's all over you. Woohoo! What? I just woke up. How about that TV? Flip that baby on. Yeah! Woohoo! I feel so much better in my walk with Christ now. Yeah. Are you kidding me? What's the TV nowadays? It's just newspaper wickedness in print. Newspaper wickedness animated. Yeah! It's nuts. And that's how I want to start my day instead of this? What? You know this. That's crazy. A baby doesn't sit there and slap you. Hey, get that away from me. Get that milk away from me. I don't want to. You got any rat poison? That doesn't happen. I think, well, that's, it's not that bad. What do you mean it's not that bad? Again, just from this week, very quick search. What's the content out there for sucking this into your brain? New study says full frontal nudity on primetime TV is up 6,300% over just last year. Not six, not 63, not 630, 6,300%. Oh, yeah. One article said this. This is gross. The 29 most naked TV shows ever. Like that's a good thing. And then they followed up with this. Hey, thank you, HBO and Netflix gods. Oh, yeah. That's better than the Bible any day of the week, huh? And they put in the kids, too. Watch this. And again, I just stumbled across this this week, just this week. New research finds spike in profanity and violence in TV content related as appropriate for kids. 
There was over 150% more violence and 62% more profanity in total. And we're talking kids' programs. And I quote, this is a secular article. Hollywood tells parents that the content ratings are the best line of defense between children and inappropriate content. But our new research completely upends that reasoning. That's a fancy way of saying, we lied! Have you gone to a movie that was rated PG? You come out of there going, that should have been R! It wasn't that long ago. What? It's because they're lying. And they put it in kids' brains. Within the last decade, TV content is... Uh, rated as appropriate for children, has become much more violent and much more profane. Watch this. Scenes with decapitation, dismemberment, dialogues of words, which I'm not going to repeat, but I just said blank, 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 gets a PG rating. Really? Chopping somebody's head off? Chopping their limbs off? Cursing up a storm? That's PG? Makes me cough too. Right? (laughs) Simply put, parents cannot rely on TV content rating system that increasingly labels graphic content as appropriate for children. A fancy word of saying, guess what? We lied to you. We tricked not only you, but your kids sucking that into your brain. Yeah, man. Don't you feel great as a Christian? But you can hear it out there. I've heard this everywhere. Well, Pastor Billy, don't get me choked up. You got to work with what you got. But don't, it's making me sneeze thinking about it. No, but you can hear this all the time. Right? Well, Pastor Billy, I, I'm a discerning Christian. I wouldn't suck down all that rotten stuff and the nudity and all that rotten stuff. Uh, but yeah, I watch the news, you know, especially in the morning. You will flip it on. But, 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 but that's just it. I only watch the news. Oh, yeah. That's better than this. <laughs> What's on the news? It's nuts. How many times do I got to be reminded that we're dealing with this reality? Watch this. How would you say your mental focus is? It's focused. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Let's get ready to bumble! I think it's a right for people that bad at health care. True and international have pressure. <laughs> God, I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. We went for two reasons. One, two. Come on, man. <laughs> my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I've had a couple questions. But the nature, not representative. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Um, uh, um, what am I doing here? Club Tucker. Uh, yeah. I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that. Thank you for tolerance and listening to me. I appreciate it very much. What? Yeah, I don't know about you, but man, I just feel so awesome. I mean, I wake up, oh, flip it on, 
Here's this guy, the leader of the free world. I feel so secure now. He can't even shoot down a balloon. Oh, but yeah. Ah, man, I feel so strong in Christ now. I'm ready to tackle the world, said nobody never. But that's your routine. Oh, you're Tecus, all right. Eyes pop open, TV comes on. And you have the audacity to sit there. Oh, well, this is so messed up. I'm shivering on the vine. Pastor, I'm not growing spiritually. I ain't got no wisdom, direction, power, encouragement. I got no... You're starving to death, and it's your own fault. Don't be deceived. You better take note of this. Let me give you one more. Let's bring in some other generations. Because some of them young whippersnappers got TV. Who watches TV? Newspaper? What's that? Well, that was back when we rode rocks around. We pushed them around. That was our car. Right? We didn't have pets. We couldn't afford pets. For me growing up, my pet was a... It was a paperclip. That's all I had. I called it Silver Beauty. I walked to school uphill both ways in the snow. No shoes. But I did have barbed wire around my feet for traction. There was no school lunches. I ate lard and pickle sandwiches and I sprinkled dirt for flavor. But I was thankful. Listen, newspaper, yeah, I get it. You don't know that. TV, maybe don't even watch that. Most generations, millennial down, don't. So let's hit it where you need to be hit. You're fast, all right. You open up your eyes and what do you do? Cell phone time. Social media. Way better than the word of God. Are you kidding me? But that's the average person today. Listen to these stats. Again, I just ripped out some stats. Is it really that bad? Yes, it is. Choosing the word of man over the word of God. 83% of Americans have a social media account. 30% of all time spent online is interaction with social media, different accounts. And the majority of the time is on mobile, right? So you use your phone to check the social media. Okay, and newer uh, platforms, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, TikTok, they just keep out new ones, so it takes even more time. Brands are jumping on. They're making money off of us, monitoring our habits, monitoring our speech, our behavior, our words, everything, likes, dislikes. They're generating $36 billion a year. More time is spent on social media, uh, and it's going to keep increasing every year because they keep, again, more platforms. And you got to do that one and this one. I got, well, I, at first it started off with Facebook, but then now I've got to check my Facebook account, then my Instagram account, then this account, and that account, and then account. And listen, listen, teens now spend up to an average of nine hours a day on social media. I ain't got time to read the Word of God, Pastor. I, I'm just so busy. <laughs> no. Your knee-jerk reaction is going the wrong direction. You would rather prefer a stranger's voice over the voice of the master, and you wonder why things are messed up. Come on, as if you know this, as if God can't see. The average person will spend, that's just teenagers, the average person will spend two hours in social media every day, which translates to a total of five years, four months spent over a lifetime. Contrast that with eating and drinking, which we spend three years, five months in the average lifetime. Listen, we spend more time eating up the word of man full of poison and puke than actual physical eating. And we wonder why we're spiritually messed up. In fact, it's been calculated, watch this, that in the same amount of time the average person spends on social media today, they could walk the Great Wall of China three and a half times. It's kind of big. You can see it from space. 
They can climb Mount Everest 32 times, kind of big. You can run 10,000 plus marathons and you could walk your dog 93,000 times. Not to mention, hmm, how many times could you read this book? I ain't got time. I just wish I had time. No, you got time. You're just running to the wrong things. And basically, James in a vernacular here in this verse, quick to listen, taku, swift, fast, eager. Woo! He's saying if that's not your response, something's wrong. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Take note of this. You know this. You just got to ask yourself the question, which one's more important to you? Your cell phone or the Bible? Like this video shares. We know that engagement with social media and our cell phones releases a chemical called dopamine. That's why when you get a text, it feels good. Right? So, you know, we've all had it where you're feeling a little bit down or feeling a bit lonely. And so you send out 10 texts to 10 friends, you know, hi, 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 hi. Because <laughs> it feels good when you get a response, right? Right? It's why we count the likes. It's why we go back 10 times to see if, and if it's going, if our, my Instagram is growing slower, I would, I, I, did I do something wrong? Do they not like me anymore, right? The, the trauma for young kids to be unfriended, right? Because we know when you get it, you get a hit of dopamine, which feels good. It's why we like it. It's why we keep going back to it. Dopamine is the exact same chemical that makes us feel good when we smoke, when we drink, and when we gamble. In other words, it's highly, highly addictive, right? We have age restrictions on smoking, gambling, and uh, alcohol, and we have no age restrictions on social media and cell phones, which is the equivalent of opening up the liquor cabinet and saying to our teenagers, hey, by the way, this adolescence thing, if it gets you down. <laughs> but that's basically what's happening.
like the picture we saw last week. The many for rejecting Christ go into the pit. Remember that video? The little thing? And isn't the enemy slick? Don't get in the word. First of all, you might learn how to get saved. But even if you profess to be a Christian, don't get in the word. Suck down poison. Not just with newspapers and TV. And do that first every single day. But then he puts it into a format. It's basically now mobile wickedness. Now you can drink poison anywhere you go. And they specifically put it in a format, as you heard, that is very addictive. So you turn into one of these people. And then you go to hell. Because you ain't got time for the word. Pretty slick. But not Christians. No sorry, man. We're not one of those walking zombies. Are you kidding me? Again, all you, James is basically saying, you know this. As if God can't see in the dark. He doesn't know what you're doing. You live in this giant bubble. He just can't penetrate it. What's more important to you? Christian. The word of God. Or your cell phone that is full of the word of man. Like this video shows, watch this. What if our Bible were just as important as our cell phone? We treated it like we couldn't live without it. When we forgot it, we went back to get it. We had lots of gadgets to keep us connected to it. We always had it close by in case of an emergency. We carried it around in our purses and pockets. We checked it throughout the day for new messages. We were constantly going over our minutes every month. We made sure our battery never ran low. Yeah, what if? What if our Bible was more important than that cell phone? I got a theory that goes like this. I don't think you'd be saying, why is my life so messed up? Why am I shriveling on the vine? How come I'm not growing spiritually, Pastor? I, mean, I ain't got no wisdom, no direction, no power. No, I ain't got, I'm starving to death. You'd never say that. Rather, you'd say, man, I feel great. I'm going to walk with Christ every day. First thing, woo, knee-jerk reaction. Taku, swift, speedy, fast. I'm in the Word of God. I'm sucking up. Just like a baby, man. I can't get enough. <laughs> I feel great. I feel strong. I won't cry. That's what you'd be saying. In fact, it isn't just James. It's not just Jesus. But even the psalmist says the same thing. It's a natural response, man, 
to really hunger after the Word of God. It's just, it's, and Peter again says the same thing. But again, the psalm, this is just from one psalm. This is Psalm 119. But watch what the psalmist says about the normal response to God's Word for the redeemed. Watch this. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, whose walk is according to the law of God. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart, he says there. He said also, they do nothing wrong, they walk in his ways. Of course, all of his ways are good. You've laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. It's a fantastic life. How can a young man keep his way pure? You're sick of all that wickedness? Well, hey, go live according to God's word, right? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I what? I might not sin against you. You want to get sin to go away? Read the word, right? Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recant all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice, listen, in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Way better than a cell phone and TV and newspaper. Are you kidding me? I meditate or chew on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. No way. Open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things that are in there in your law. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times, man. Your statutes are my delight. They're my counselors. I've chosen the way of truth. I've set my heart on your laws. I, I hold fast to your statutes. Oh, Lord, don't let me put to, be put to shame. I eat, you get off of track of that, and that's what's going to happen. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Teach me, O oh Lord, to follow your decrees, and then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law and obey with all my heart. Direct me in the paths of your commands, for there I find delight. Uh, turn my heart uh, towards your statutes and, and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from these worthless things, you know, the newspaper, the TV, and all that other stuff. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promises to your servants so that you may be feared. How I long for your precept. Preserve my life in your righteousness. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and, and not be put to shame. I delight in your commands because I love them. Right? Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. In the night I remember your name, O Lord. I will keep your law. Uh, this has been my practice. I obey your precepts. Before I was afflicted, I wouldn't say, but now I obey your word. How many times you got to learn that? You get away from God's word. Burn, burn, burn. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Heartache, heartache. Woo! Get back to the word. Hey, things start working out great. What a concept. Okay? You are good. And what you do, God is good. Teach me your decrees. I keep your precepts with all my heart. I delight in your law. Your law is my mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth. It endures. Your laws endure to this day for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Oh, how I love your law. I chew on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies. That's the way out of this mess, for they are ever with me. He says, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I, I chew on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders. I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from what? Every evil path, so that I may obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself, God, have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Oh, it's sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a what? It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, and that's all it is. It's just a big old bumper sticker. And somehow that makes me a Christian. We quote that man till we're blue in the face. We sing songs about do we live it? You wonder why you're stumbling around in darkness. It's because you're not in the word. You ain't got no lamp for your feet. There's no light to your path. It's self-inflicted. And he says this, I've taken an oath and I've confirmed it. I will follow 
your righteous laws. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. Your statutes are wonderful. Therefore, I obey them. Streams of tears fall from my eyes for your law is not obeyed. Your righteousness is everlasting. Your law is true. Trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands are my delight. That's the way out, man. I rise before what? Here's my knee-jerk reaction. Here's my tech-coose. Woo-hoo! I, I open up my eyes. I rise over the eye. And I what? I cry to help where? I put my hope in your word, man. That's my knee-jerk reaction. I get in the word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night. I, I chew on your promises uh, seven times a day. I praise you for your righteous laws. I obey your statutes. I love them greatly so much so that what? May my tongue even sing of your word. I'm so in love with your word. I'm making up songs about it. I'm in the Bible. You're in the Bible. Wouldn't you like to be in the Bible too? I just made that up. Isn't that amazing? We should sing that next week, right, Rob? Yeah, ditch that along with the jacket. I get it. I get it. But let's do a little recap here. James, Jesus, Peter, and now the psalmists are saying, here's the normal. Here's a normal thing you would expect, just like a baby going after milk. A redeemed person hides God's word in his heart. They chew on it. They delight on it. They rejoice in it. They're consumed with it. They set their hearts on it. They hold fast to it. They keep it. They obey it. They love it. And they love it. I can't get enough. What's that? Time for the word. Woohoo! Yeah. Not time for the newspaper. Time for the TV. What? A balloon. And he can't figure it out. I want to do this again all day. Mm-hmm. I feel so great. No. You're tecousin in the wrong way. If that's you. One guy says this, a genuine believer. You know this. A genuine believer loves God and his word, and you're eager to get in there. When there's trials, you run to the word, man, because it's got all the comfort and wisdom you need. You know this. When temptations come, you turn to the word. And just like Jesus, it is written. You quote the word, you stand, you resist, and enjoy the victory he's already given you. But you know what? The lost don't do either. Oh, you're going to church services. You've been coming since 1843 here. Perfect attendance. We got an event coming up. I just can't wait. Because you've excelled above the rest. Nobody can stack a chair like you. You are. In fact, at that service, we're going to dub you Sir Stack a lot. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be an anointing service. I mean, you dread. Wait, wait. Oh, here's. You not only come to services, but you even own a Bible. But you're never in the Bible? It's just a religious item to you? Because, you know, you've got to play the part. You know this. Something's wrong if that's all you're here for. Something's wrong if you're running in the opposite direction and following the stranger's voice. Something's wrong as if God can't see. Many are on the road we're describing from Jesus. They rejected God's word. And they, they don't want God's word. 
They're basically saying, I'm a brand new baby. Get that milk away from me. Suck down poison. That's not what. But you play the game. And you know what? God sees it all. You're like this guy. Watch this. goers. Do you know who live like that? I didn't say Christians. Well, they go to church services. I mean, come on. Give the guy a break. Maybe his jacket wasn't as cool as me, but he wore a jacket. Nice shirt. Looked kind of clean. And the dude had a Bible. But did nothing with it the rest of the week. You got two options biblically. You're either Christian because we're not saved by our works. You're not saved by your church attendance. You're not saved by how much you read the Bible. You're the Christian who's backslidden. And you have the audacity to sit there and cry and whine. Why is your life so messed up? It's self-inflicted. You got duped by the enemy. If God's spanking you, get back on track. He's trying to bless you. Be obedient and be blessed. Get back to the word. Get back to sucking down milk and not poison. No wonder you've been sick so lately. Or... You're a faker. My point is this. Why would you flirt on the edges with that when both are dangerous and one is eternally dangerous? And the reason why I say that is because what does a baby do when it's born? It's okay. You can do it. Make the noise. It's natural. I don't need to give you a sermon. You didn't need to come. You know this. James would say, you know this. If you got saved. You got saved by the word. You know the power of the word. And it's a normal, natural thing to, I don't care what I got to do. I got to get to the word. Like this guy. I've shared this before. It's my all time. And it's a true story. Favorite way to illustrate. No excuses to get into the word. It was a man in Kansas City. He was severely injured by an explosion. His face was badly disfigured. He lost his eyesight as well as both of his hands in the explosion. What made it worse, he had just become, true story, he just became a brand new baby Christian. And one of his greatest disappointments was he realized he could no longer read the Bible. He ain't got no hands and he can't see. But then he heard about a lady in England who read Braille with her lips. And so hoping to do the same, he sent for some books of the Bible in Braille. But much to his dismay, he discovered that the nerve endings in his lips was also destroyed in the explosion. 
Watch this. True story. So one day as he was bringing the braille pages to his lips, his tongue, his tongue just happened to touch a few of the raised characters and he realized, wait a second, I could feel them with my tongue. And he realized, listen, in a flash, wait a second, I can still read the Bible. I can just read it with my tongue. And I'm not joking, quote, in a short amount of time, the article shares, the man read the Bible already in four times with his tongue. You know why that's normal? Because a baby will find a way to get milk. You don't eat twice a year. You don't make excuses. Oh, come on, not again. I already had that one last week. I can't take this milk. A baby will find a way to get milk. And that's why James says, listen, if you're a born again Christian, you're going to be a good listener to the word. Takus, it's going to be swift. Come hear the word. You got it. I didn't need that sermon. I was already there. Every day, every service. What's that? A new study next week. That's normal. Should be. We talk about Bibles. We say we believe in Bibles. We own several Bibles. Do you read it? And James would say, it ain't just reading it. Are you swift? Are you fast? Are you quick? And then he gives you another one. Watch this. This is cool. James 119b. Everyone, again, the context, if you're truly born again, should be quick to listen. Again, the context is the word. What's the second one? Slow to speak. <gasps> Pastor Billy's not saying because he never does that. <laughs> well, that's not what he's talking about. The context is the word and what it means. We'll have to get to next time because uh, we're out of time. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, 
let's be honest, if you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place, so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know, it's actually on historical record, that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. 
The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave. And the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.